Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with Lou Weiss, who is president of All Metals and Forge Group. If you are looking for open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in the industrial materials of alloy steel, carbon steel, stainless, nickel, check out steelforge.com. And joining us is Mike Nervik, who is founder and CEO of Sleek Technologies with a very interesting story, which we're going to chat with him about. Lou, you've already had kind of a conversation with Mike. Give us a preview. Uh, Mike is uh, in the logistics world, uh, and he's created uh, software to effectively create a freight procurement portal, if I have that correct, Mike. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, software for shippers that connects into their TMS and enables them to reach uh, the small carriers that are out there and really to democratize the, the freight process for them. So here we go. Uh, I, one of the things that you said uh, that I think is really important, especially now that we're in or coming out of COVID and companies are hurting financially and so on. One of the comments that you made when we had a, a pre-show discussion was to think of freight procurement as a profit center. And I, I think that's uh, maybe one of the most important aspects for our customers, listeners, and buyers of uh, freight and logistics. So why don't you take the floor and Give us a little more about that. Yeah, so, you know, transportation is a huge part of any company's budget that's manufacturing or retailing. Um, estimates across the, across the industry, across the economy is that it's about 10%. Um, and a lot of times it's overlooked um, by the boardroom. But in the last, you know, few years, <laughs> things have changed and it's become a, a more important part of things. And I think it's really what separates the really big guys like Walmart and Amazon from everybody else. And, and since almost everybody is, is, you know, either selling through one of those two or having to compete with one of those two, being able to make your supply chain a competitive weapon in the way that you buy transportation is, is ultra important as we look to the future. You uh, use an interesting uh, term, the boardroom, which tends to mean larger companies. What about the 85% of the other companies that are small, medium, mon, pause? Do they benefit from your service? Yes, yes. It's, it, it, you know, transportation. <laughs> for the bigger companies becomes more and more of a science for the, for the smaller companies. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it can typically be an afterthought because you're so worried about selling, worried about production, worried about how you're going to get the stuff in. Um, but when you ship it out and I think, you know, using the example of selling to the larger retailers as a manufacturer, as an example, um, a lot of times, those retailers will want to route and charge for the transportation. Um, and there's a lot of, they have a lot of markup in that, which helps them better negotiate prices. And so it, it really becomes a competitive weapon for the other 85% to be good at it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Tim and I have been doing uh, 
to these podcasts now for about eight years, and you know, and I've been in uh, manufacturing for God fifty years. And uh, one of the things that I, I realized uh, when dealing with manufacturers, particularly the small ones, you know, they do great at manufacturing, they do great at making stuff and selling stuff, but they don't always have a full hand on the technology that can improve their business. So uh, when we started with this, we decided to bring on a lot of the technology that can make life easier and more profitable for them. And yours, yours certainly uh, fits that bill. So is your, uh, the service that you have, is that a, a, a lease, rent, buy, or sign in, or how does it work? Uh, good question. So um, it's, it's a, uh, I guess lease would be the best, uh, best description given those three examples, software as a service. Um, mm. And so you can pay quarterly or annually for the service. And what it does is uh, it plugs you in so that you can reach out to all the carriers that are out there um, directly through the software you're either already using um, or potentially through an interface that, that we have and not pay the markup that, uh, that the traditional freight brokers are charging today. And that markup on average is in the 15 to 20%. But mm -hmm. during times like this, it'll, it'll get as high as 45%. So you're, the client is dealing directly with the trucker and not through a broker. Correct. So they can buy our service in two different ways. One, just simply the software where they manage all the appointments, they manage the carriers, they manage the compliance, all, all those types of things. Um, or they can buy it with a managed services component on, on, uh, from us, in which case we handle those types of things for them. Um, you know, typically uh, a shipper, you know, like we said, has so many different things going on um, that being able to push that part of it off is really helpful to them um, so that they're not having to deal with the exceptions that arise in the transportation realm. Well, the other good thing also is that you don't need to have your own logistics person handling the logistics. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And when you think about, uh, you know, the constraints of how many how many reach outs you can make in a single day. So there's, you know, if you figure that somebody in the logistics department has time to do nothing but call trucks, um, maybe they can make 100 or 200 calls in a day. Um, and, and when you look at a typical pretty big shipper that's shipping 100 million, spending 100 million dollars on their freight spend, they'll typically have one to 300 uh, providers inside of their network. But overall, there's over 1.2 million providers and a, over a million of them have 50 or less trucks. So back to your 85% point, um, that's really true in the trucking space. And it's, it's those smaller carriers that are willing to take irregular routes and are often looking for backhauls um, and become really competitive options for shippers and are nearly impossible for them to vet. I'm curious, what do some of the uh, truckers uh, and, and transportation haulers and so on, 
who are not part of your network, how do they feel about you? I mean, do you have to look out for black limousines with guns hanging out the back window or you know, what's the story? Or do you wind up forcing them into the buying into the uh, lemonade? Um, yeah, you know, so I think that was really the case as brokers became a big deal uh, in the in the 2000s. Um, but at this point, the the idea of the broker has become, um, you know, pretty mainstream. So I think it's it, it's it, a lot of a lot of the big carriers have their own brokers, right? And I think um, this is a little bit of a convoluted way to answer your question. Um, but if if you book a load with one of the large carriers, and uh, and and there's not a lot of freight out in the world, they're going to haul that for sure on their trucking uh, on one of their trucks. And if you if you're contracting thousands of loads over the course of a year in a slow market, they might haul all of them on their on their trucks. But when the market starts to tighten up and they've got all their customers calling in, because what's what's typical is that in a when a carrier contracts. They can if if everything came in that they uh, had under contract, they would need double two to two and a half times the trucks and drivers that they actually have. So they've put in brokers, and those brokers, <clears throat> the broker, the in-house brokers for the carriers are able to do two things. One, um, when that freight, when when too much freight is coming in on the trucking side, they're able to make sure it gets serviced by brokering it out. And the shipper doesn't even know, or the manufacturer doesn't even know. And on the flip side, um, when there's not enough freight, they go to their in-house broker to get to, get, to keep those trucks moving. Uh, as an aside, uh, more like a, of a industrial problem, uh, a uh, industry problem, uh, that there doesn't seem to be enough drivers and a lot of them are retiring. Uh, how is that affecting uh, the industry as a whole? And how is that affecting uh, your, uh, your business as the fact that drivers aren't available? Well, it's definitely making the pain a lot more acute. So uh, manufacturers, shippers are interested in, in talking and learning more. Um, but certainly over the last nearly a year now that that problem has has really been out there so what what shippers are seeing um, who, who have a contract and, a, and run an annual RFP is they're they're seeing on average about 25 percent rejections from those carriers that are contracted and in the refrigerated and frozen space it's more like 50 percent wow. and those problems uh, you know likely become much more acute as you go down in that 85% group. Okay, so let's, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna steal some more time away from Tim for a moment. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the autonomous trucking technology, where, where and when is that coming to play and how's that gonna affect what you're doing? Well, that, <clears throat> the, for how it imp impacts what we're doing, I think when the autonomous trucks come, um, they're going to they're shippers and the people who own them are going to have to figure out ways to make sure that they're moving as efficiently as possible, just like they do today with trucks. So having software like what we offer 
uh, helps accomplish that. As far as when they're coming, um, you know, I just I just read that uh, Waymo, a division at Google, just raised a bunch of money in the last couple of days because they're they're doing some testing with JB Hunt in Texas. Um, but at the same time, in the last week, it came out that it's probably more than ten years out still. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's um, they're now talking about these uh, flying cars and uh, autonomous flying taxi cabs. That would, I don't know how well that's going to go over in New York. Uh, you know, how are they going to rob the taxi cab drivers when there aren't any drivers? But anyway, <laughs> Tim? Mike, we have been hearing that there's all kinds of uh, constraints in the transportation space. Shortage of trucks, shortage of drivers, customers putting on a half load and just saying go. Don't wait for another half load. We'll pay the full freight because I've got to get this to my customer. How tight is this space and how does your software help somebody shift in this very tight environment? Yeah, it, it's really tight. From February to, or January to April, uh, prices went up about 30% overall. Um, so it's, it's incredibly tight right now. And I think for all the exact same reasons that you mentioned, um, but uh, the, the one other reason is that the brokers get in, in the middle of it, right? And they're the way to find this hidden capacity that's out there with the small carriers. So the way that our software helps is it, it connects the shipper direct to them. It puts their freight out there to qualified drivers that can come in and bid on it and bid on it without a markup. Um, and one of the things that, that we offer as part of the managed services portion of it is that we pay the carriers fast for free because there's middlemen other than just brokers out there that are taking money out of those transactions and driving up the costs. Um, and and, and it's, it's, it's those expenses that are creating the issue. And I think, you know, I, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but to your point, you, you really, you know, the old saying, um, you find out exactly who your friends are when you really need them. I think that's really what's been going on over the last year is when you when a when you look at a shipper's network and what their who who their core group of suppliers are in this case the transportation they all have a group of carriers that's servicing them incredibly well but on average that ends up covering you know 50 to 75% of of the moves that they need to make and it's that it's the rest of the business that they're really struggling on and they have people in, they have carriers in the network that appear to be friends or providers that could be brokers that are really, you know, taking advantage of the, of the system. And that's what we're here to help shippers make, not only solve it today, but also get the data and know exactly what the freight was moving for so that they can turn around and be better next year, next week. Mike, is this software the commercial equivalent of Uber or Lyft? Um, you know, that's a good question. There is, there is, Uber Freight is out there. I, 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 this is a kind of a, a hidden name out there, but um, I, I'd like to consider it more of a Shopify type of thing. So if you go to, uh, you know, if you're a, a manufacturer and you want to go direct to the, um, the consumer via the internet and you choose to go with Amazon, they're charging, 
you know, a typical retail markup. But if you use Shopify, it's a significantly lower markup and it provides all the same services. I think that's more what we're like. Okay. So how does somebody get in touch with Sleep Technologies to, you know, start the ball rolling? Um, there's a number of ways. Uh, number one, you could uh, email um, me directly, uh, Mike at sleek-technologies.com. Go to our website and you can actually uh, do a real rough assessment of what type of savings you think you could get. Um, and from there, schedule a meeting with our sales team and be able to do a, a deeper dive into a full network uh, assessment. Um, and, uh, and lastly, give us a call, uh, 312-319-5589. Great. Uh, Mike, in terms of cost, you had mentioned in a kind of a preamble we were having before the show, uh, this transportation is a component of cost of goods sold. How big does that have to become before I look and say, you know, I've got to find a more efficient way to move my goods, a more cost-effective way to move my goods? Am I a $10 million company? Am I a $50 million company? Where do I, where do I begin to fit into your realm? Uh, fitting in, fitting into our realm, probably around a $50 million company, um, knowing that it's on average 10%, that, that would, you know, of it's 10% of, of uh, the revenues of a cost of a manufacturer shipper that puts it at about, um, you know, $5 million that they're spending on their transportation. Um, so that's, that's a pretty good sweet spot that amount and higher. Okay. And what kind of savings should I expect to see or hope I see? Uh, 12 to 18, 12 to 18. So, and, and, you know, it, it builds as um, not only because we're saving it along the way, but you're, you're able to take those carriers, add them into your network, or just leave them in inside of their OTS, our optimal transportation spend software, and let that continue to, to operate. Um, but over time, uh, more carriers see the freight, learn the freight, like the freight, and, uh, and it matches them up. So at some point I can compile my own database of the shippers that I've used and, and that doesn't conflict with my relationship with your software as a service? Exactly. It, uh, because, it's, because it's software, you have the underlying data of what the carriers are getting paid and who the carriers are. Um, and through that, you're able to add them into your network if it makes sense. You're able to take people from inside of your network that aren't honoring their commitments and push them out and say, hey, the only way you can get our freight from now on is through this OTS and be able to make more intelligent decisions based on that. You know, anecdotally, uh, and I've heard this from a few shippers, but one in particular had changed his number because he was getting so many calls from carriers and brokers <laughs> that he couldn't sift through them. And, and there's really no way to be able to say, hey, this is a carrier worth taking a call from versus that one. And because he had so many other things going on, he switched it, didn't change his cards. Um, 
And the only way to get a hold of them was if you knew the secret number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice problem to have. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. Well, this is great information for the for the manufacturing base out there that we serve, Mike. And we appreciate you joining us here on Manufacturing Talk Radio to share what you do. I want to remind our listeners and viewers to go to sleek-technologies.com and find out about this software as a service. I think it's a worthwhile thing to look into if you're going to shave your costs 12 to 18%. It's a great visit, Mike. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Lou. It was a Thank pleasure. you, Mike. Good luck. Good All right. luck. Thank you. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for joining us here on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can see our screen that says jacketmediaco.com. So when you go to sleek-technologies.com, stop on over to jacketmediaco.com and visit all of the other podcasts, both weekly and monthly series. And as always, thank you for watching this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.